0: Commitment, come and and people toss this word around. Oh, I'm committed, Pat. I'll tell you, I'm committed. (laughs) Like committed is not when I feel like it and when it's convenient and when it's not scary. Commitment is whatever it takes. And so when such powerful stuff we're discussing today
1: with my good friend James Wedmore, host of the Mind Your Business podcast. You know he says that hustle and hard work are not essential ingredients for success. Success is created by mindset over strategy. And when it comes to who we wanna be and how we can get to where we wanna go, the biggest thing is the mindset. And how often do we say that we're gonna do something, yet we don't follow through? How often do we throw that word, commitment, around? I'm committed to doing this, whether it's in our business, for our health, or even our relationships, yet we don't follow through. Today, after this episode, you're going to know how to follow through and it may require a little bit of sort of deep thinking along sort of who you wanna be and what is stopping you or what has stopped you in the past. So we're gonna dive into all that today again with my good friend James Wedmore. He's been on my YouTube channel before, I've been on his his podcast before and it's about time that he's come on here to share his wisdom and his experience and his ingredients for success with you. He coaches coaches and he's here to coach us today Let's do this. Here we go. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, when he goes fishing, it's almost always catch and release, Pat Flynn. Now, as you know, This is one of the coolest things I've seen in a while. Through the host, Buzzsprout, you can automatically optimize your audio through their newest feature, Magic Mastering. you can actually get 33% more time on your plan, whichever plan you choose, just through this link alone. And that's smartpassiveincome.com slash buzzsprout. And that's a huge deal, 33% extra time on your plan just by going through that link. You can claim that again by going to smartpassiveincome.com slash buzzsprout. Check them out, they're awesome. What's up and welcome to session 376 of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. My name is Pat Flynn, here to help you make more money, save more time, and help more people too. Today we're discussing all things mindset and following through and actually how to make progress and grow your business with my good friend James Wedmore. You can find him hosting an amazing podcast called the Mind Your Business Podcast, also at jameswedmore.com. And you may have heard of him before because... Everybody raves about him and his teaching style, and I'm excited to bring him on the show today to help us. So without further ado, here he is, James Wedmore. James, welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast. Thank you so much for being here, man. Hey, thank you for having me. It's about time. I was going to say it's about time, and not just because we're both Back to the Future fans. but Ah. You know, and I saw you with a DeLorean not too long ago on one one of your videos. Like, I was just like, oh, I should do that too
0: yeah and it's like the worst car ever made does anyone actually know that it is like
1: such an awful I know car. that but I never say that cuz then <laughs> but I I heard it like broke down a bunch of times
0: it broke okay so we rented it for our video series the short version is and um you know when you're filming videos which i'm sure you've had this experience You have to do something like 10 takes, right? That's always how it goes. You know, film 30 seconds. It usually takes like an hour to film it just to get it right. And so we had the guy drive the car in circles around the block. And the the car is about as loud as three or four Harley Davidsons, like revving their engines up. And so he's driving it in circles around this cul-de-sac. And sure enough, a neighbor calls the cops, then pulls her car out and barricades (laughs) the street. So we're locked in there and then the car, car breaks down there. So we're stuck there and we had to push the car down the road, jumpstart it and like get out of there before the cops could come. It was like the most it's like I just wanted to film my back to the future moment. And it was like so stressful. But
1: anyways. that's so funny. Well, I'm sorry that happened, but I'm glad you got to uh, experience the DeLorean in all its glory. Uh, um, well,
0: the way did you see? Have you seen uh, Avengers Endgame yet? I have uh, no spoilers, uh, the, by the way, but uh, the back to the future references.
1: Oh, so good. So, so good. good. It was. Uh, I was cracking up. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, it made me happy. Now <laughs> you've
1: done video for quite a while, and actually, when I first got tuned into your stuff, it was all about video, right? And and it, did you have a background in video? And that's kind of why you started publishing about it online.
0: Uh, that's exactly why. Uh, yeah, I, I found my um, my mom's camcorder. You know, which is like the size of like, you know, like the ones that they like put a on pillow. Yeah, it's like the size of a pillow. It's like this giant brick uh, in my mom's closet and uh, total loner introvert. So I had no friends. So I'd just sit at home. <laughs> this is so sad. <laughs> and, I would just, and so I had, I was like, I just want to start making videos. So I didn't have anyone to film. So I would uh, just film little, uh, claymation videos and I would just animate little balls of clay and like, you know, Ninja turtle figures. And, um, yeah, that was, that was my, my cool kid life growing up. And, uh, I went to film school, So I went to film school, uh, one of the top 10 film schools, and I I had both this love and hate relationship with it. I love the creativity, I love the process of telling a story through this visual medium. It's, I mean, you you know, like, you're into magic, so you know, I I look at filming and video, it's like, it's magic. Like, you can make something just come to life. Completely. And I hated it because you look at the end of any movie, and what's the thing we always see? We see the credits, right? We see, like, 2,000 names. And I realized that if I went down this route of going into Hollywood, I'm probably just going to be a name buried down there like four minutes in in the credits. And I don't know. I think it's just because I'm more entrepreneurial than I ever was a video guy. That just really bothered me. I'm just too stubborn to be a name on a list of, you know, maybe I'm going to get coffee for people for five years and then maybe one day I'll be able to like dress a set or, or change a light bulb or something like no way. So uh, I just found any way I could to start making my own videos and obviously timing is a beautiful thing. I started putting videos up on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And what I, what I noticed is a lot of people just asking me, like how do you do that? But it was more like their nonverbal communication that was that was a really telltale sign for me. People were like blown away impressed at this, this wizardry of how I was able to get a video up on the internet. And this is back in like 2008. Yeah, They're like what, how are you doing this? This is amazing. And this is a very interesting thing for, for us to remind all of ourselves about this is that my there's lesson number one was that the things that come easy to us don't mean that they're not of value to others and that we tend to take for granted those things, that they're really easy to us, when for somebody else it's probably really hard. And so I was a miracle worker because I could put a video on the Internet. So I just I remember asking a great question. You know, Richard Bandler said the quality of our lives is determined by the quality of questions we ask. I asked her a really good question. I turned to this person at an event who watched one of my videos and I said, "Um, you really you think that's valuable? She's like, are you kidding me? And I'll never forget what I said. I said, would you would you pay for something like this? Uh, Yeah, I'll pay you right now. And that's that's how my entire video marketing career started was one person kind of saying, yeah, I, I believe this would be valuable to me.
1: That's really awesome and I love hearing these stories and oftentimes in these stories about a person's sort of start as, uh, with entrepreneurship is it always starts with one. You know, There's a few other people I know where they talk about their first customer or their, mm. the, the, the first time they did something and somebody paid for it and it's just incredible how much we remember that and I think your lesson related to remembering that all of us, we have these superpowers that we don't even know our superpowers because yeah. they're ours but when a person sees what you can do, it, to them, it's just like you said, magic, and people will pay for that. And, and And thank you for sharing that because I think it's a great reminder for us that we don't have to have a PhD or a four-year bachelor degree to be an expert that can serve somebody. And I think that's key. Now, you don't do a lot of video training anymore, but before people would go to you for video marketing stuff, but you've uh, sort of expanded out of that. You have your Mind Your Business podcast, and you talk a lot about uh, coaching and a lot about just building and designing a business that will fit your lifestyle and i'm I'm really resonating with a lot of the content that's coming out uh, especially in your podcast if if any of you are listening make sure that when you have a moment make sure you subscribe to the mind your business podcast uh, James has a lot of great content there I see it often in your little Instagram snippets for your show which are really amazing Thank but you. mind your business podcast and business by design what do you, what is it that you help people with now
0: uh, well you know uh, I I I look at the journey that I went on, which was I took this idea of like, oh, I could help people with video. And I'm very passionate about about teaching and helping, um, as I know you are. And so I started, you know, making courses around that. And we were able to take that to a, a million plus dollar a year, uh, just selling $97 products. And like that was that was more than I ever even imagined what was possible for me. Like that was already just life-changing. And what was happening in that business was you'd have a customer come in, they'd go through the program, they would take the action, and they'd come back as a testimonial or a result. And the result that they were coming back with was, James, I did it, success. I made a video. And some thoughts started popping in my head at that time. I was like, the first thing, and I was kind of like negative, was I was like, Ugh, this is just the beginning. <laughs> like, there's, there's so much more of this journey that awaits you than just knowing how to press record on a camera and, and edit it. And um and I that's when I really, really started getting the feeling, the nudge of like, I wanna help people more. I wanna help them in a deeper level. And uh even though I'd been saying like video is what built my business, no video is just a tool. And there's a lot of people that have very successful businesses that aren't using video, mm-hmm. that weren't using video. That's just one of many tools. And at the end of the day, I just wanted to help um other either, you know, course creators or influencers, you know, people that have a message, people that wanna teach through leverage content. I wanted to show them how to how to build a business the right way. And um, that's what I realized was, you know, and you know this from so many years of experience that business and marketing are very counterintuitive. And um, I realized that there was a lot of things I was doing differently that was that was really at cause for for so much of my success. And I just wanted to start teaching that and helping people with that more. And so I think one of the things that we help people the most with today is really step into that that role of being an entrepreneur, um, through the context of performance, which is, you know, if we just look at like a course or even a podcast, which is essential, it gives you, um, what you're left with. If you listen to even this podcast, or if you if you go through like one of Pat's courses, like your podcasting course, which we have and have gone through what you're left with at the end is knowing you know how to do something. But knowing isn't the same as uh, either having the results, right, or accomplishing it. And what having the results will come down to will actually take more than just knowing. And I think this is where most people just stop. And this is where people are getting stuck. And then they're going, but I still don't have the results. So what do they do? They go out and they do more knowing. They they. They go out looking for more information and they're operating from this this lie that is the reason I don't have what I want is because I don't know enough yet. I don't, and it, it takes many different forms. People say, I don't have all the pieces. I'm not quite ready. I haven't, I don't see all the steps. I don't have all the clarity yet. I don't have all, the. this is the most common one I hear, all the pieces of the puzzle. Therefore, I can't begin. And if you look at results, cause that's what this game is about. That's what business is about for all of us is about results. And for business owners, it's very simple. It's like, it's the, we, we have two results in our company, income and impact. And that's it. That's a, those are the top line results. And we're either generating that, that income and, and causing that impact or we're not, but no matter what results you're focused on, and it could be for any area of your life, there is a prerequisite to all results and that's action and The funny thing is, is it's not even just about taking the right actions, but taking the right actions the right way. And this is where we need to shift from knowing to being. See, if you want to learn from Pat, you should be listening less to what he's saying, and you should be paying more attention to how he shows up for you. You should be modeling who he is and how he represents himself as a leader and a voice to his community. And if you just started to take that essence and embody that, even if you're still missing, I don't have all the pieces, I don't have all the courses, you would immediately start taking more of the right actions, which would ultimately lead to more of the results. And that's where I really began a shift and had to start this podcast that I started because I was just sitting there feeling incongruent, like a video isn't going to save your business because I saw people learning the mechanics of how to make a video and they looked I love them to death, love all my customers. So it's not like out of disrespect, but they look like a deer in headlights on the video. And I'm like, no one's going to connect with that. No one's gonna fall in love with that. No one's gonna say, you're you're my guide, you're my leader, take us to victory. You know? And so that tends to be the last thing that entrepreneurs look at is how are they showing up? How are you showing up? Who are you being in this moment when you do that live, when you when you record that podcast, when you write that post? And at the end of the day, to me, it, it comes down to leadership. It comes down to being a leader to your marketplace, a leader to your customers, a leader to your team, a leader to your family, the leader to everybody. And um, now we never we never learned how to do that in school, or most of us don't. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: That's for sure. But that's not to say that that's the customers...
0: To your no, question, I, so. I just
1: was like listening intently and I, I love everything you said and I want to unpack that a little bit. But going back to your customers who paid for your solution, they got what was promised. And yes. people have to understand that these skills that you have may be something of a part of a larger whole, and that seems to what it have has realized for you is that, okay, you're teaching people these videos, but there's so much more beyond video to help a person succeed, but people are happy to pay for their solution and their problems being solved, but – the, the, the idea that you're just not like one and done with them but that you care about them so much that you want to continue to help them through the process and it's very similar to me and why I have many other different kinds of offerings and I have office hours and all these other things and you help people in many different ways elevated even beyond the courses that you have in, in, in your coaching programs and and, and whatnot. But I, I, I want to go back to the idea of just knowing and, and, and almost kind of like knowing too much and, and continuing to know. You know, I I have people email me sometimes, James, and they go, Pat, I listen to every single podcast episode. I start from the beginning, and here we are four months later, and I'm finally caught up. I can't wait to your next episode. And on one hand, I'm like, wow, like, you're amazing. Thank you for spending so much time with me. But on the other hand, I'm like, what? Like, did you literally listen to every single—like, I'm thankful for that. But I'm like, when—during this point, are you going to take action or— I'm even thinking like does that mean every time I publish a new episode I'm stopping you from taking action like should I actually stop the podcast so you can get to work now like d- how do you get a person to go from consumption just behavior to, to action behavior when there's so much great stuff out there there's there's you know the answer might be in the next thing you listen to but
0: I mean you know what the truth is how do you, how do you get out of that uh, learning phase and, and into action phase are you speaking specifically for For me, what I do for myself or helping my listeners? I want to know what
1: you do because I know you listen to podcasts and you consume content too. I'd love to know Mm -hmm. you personally. And and this leads me to believe that it's different for different people. But how do you break out of the learning cycle or or what's your process? And then when you teach others based on what you've experienced with your clients, like what are the most common ways people start taking action?
0: Yeah. So here's the first thing. And what's so beautiful is you've already answered it. 90% 90% of this is, is the awareness. Having that distinction, you see, I think most people are under the, the ruse that the learning is the work. And so it kind of gives this uh, illusion that they're making progress because they're like, yeah, I just spent four hours today doing, doing the right thing, listening to this or going through that course. And it's like, it's a part of it. But to know that there is an absolute distinction between being in student mode versus action mode is critically important and to, to understand that what, what we're in, in is a game of, of accomplishing and receiving and getting results and no result is possible without the prerequisite of action. So there must be a delineation at some point in time where we close the book and we stand up from our desk from being the student and we're taking some sort of action. Now we can get into the specifics more, but to know that distinction, and to find that balance of where you're doing both is important. But to continue to like lie to ourselves that spending more time in the course that I'm going through is action, is not. Mm-hmm. It's learning and it's and I'm um, actually my team just said it to me recently because they um I love my team and we can always talk about team stuff later. But they said, you know, something something um Jilly actually said it to me today. She's like, something I love observing of you is like she's like, you never stop learning. You always have a, I buy a course at least once a week. People think that's crazy when I tell them that, but I'm constantly learning, but I have that balance of, I know the difference between when I'm learning, receiving, retaining, and then implementing and taking action. And to me today, it's like one fourth, I would say a quarter learning and three fourths action, or actually if I'm being really honest with you, it's about one quarter. This is like my uh, mixology drink for you. Mm-hmm. It's one one fourth learning, two parts action and one part reflection. And that is a beautiful cocktail. Let me tell you right now, that'll just be delicious. <laughs> it's not all about go, 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 because we can talk about where a lot of people are driven by this like fear based hustle where I can't ever stop working. And then there's the other side, right, where people aren't doing anything where they're not taking any action at all, and so to find that balance is beautiful, but for me, and this is a big thing I talk about on the podcast, is how much of your ideas, your in, ingenuity, uh, innovation, creativity will come in the not working, will come in the downtime, will come in the rest, and that's, that's our job. Like, people are still under such this uh, idea, this notion as entrepreneurs, they, they treat it like a job. You're not an employee. And, and why that's so important is for most the average, you know, a lot of employees, like your your value is tied much more to your effort, like how long you work, how hard you work, the hours you put in, etc. As an entrepreneur, that is not your value. And if that if you're treating your business that way of just like working harder, working longer, uh, make more money. Well, you're easily replaceable because anybody can work long and hard. That's easy. But when you find your zone of genius and you realize that somewhere in that zone of genius is you creating a vision of something that no one else can see. That's what I say as an entrepreneur, a a prerequisite for successful entrepreneurs. You must have the ability to see something that no one else can see. That's what I believe entrepreneurship is. It's seeing what others can't see that's i i just think that's beautiful right but to mm-hmm. to be able to problem solve to be able to be creative to see new opportunities new ideas innovation that's the value of the entrepreneur and that rarely comes in the work that comes from like reflecting from the work that comes from you know like taking that long walk going for that hike or getting away from things and so that's really become a vital piece for me so another long-winded answer for you pat i do apologize no it's okay gonna... I, lo- I love it the the reflection
1: piece is really important too because you have to sort of assess how things went and how you felt about it is this something you want to continue to do do you want to continue to do it in a different way or do you want to stop and try something else so i i, I really believe that and i think you're right. Most people don't even spend the time to do that because we're already moving on to the next thing before the current thing is even finished. Yeah. Even so do, do you put that into like a certain day of the week or how do you, like where do you put in that reflection time?
0: So the first thing is I created this fun little game for myself um, because I have the opportunity. I, my office is at the beach. I'm right across the, the street from the ocean where I say um, every day I go surfing. And what that does is that really becomes an indicator for me uh, of, the, of my flow of work because it's actually very easy for me to get really lost and absorbed in my, my work because I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that should be the goal for us, but we still want to like harness that <laughs> and manage that a little bit. And so I go to the beach every day and I can, I'll be at the beach for, you know, as little as an hour and sometimes three to five hours and I'm in the water, I'm just like relaxing on the sand. And so I'm doing it every single day. Um, because I believe like today, especially where we are in the business, it's, it is the most valuable way I can be spending my time. And then of course I come back into the office and I'm like, guys, I got an idea. (laughs) You know, it spawns really awesome. And so I'm trying to do that as, as much as I can. And you know, there's like, look, this isn't just like James and his, and his weird, like woo woo stuff that people like to roll their eyes at. Like there's actual proven nerdy studies about you know, you start working more than any, some studies have saying as much as, as little as 24 hours in a work week up all the way up to 36 hours, you start passing that line and uh, mistakes increase, right? Your your productivity declines, your creativity and your inspiration like all starts to decrease. And so having and in, in scheduling intentionally that time, that reflection time or that just free space. Is uh is vital. It's it's essential, especially for us. Like yeah. especially as entrepreneurs. I mean, it almost
1: seems like meditation time, and that's. I mean, we've we've heard that over and over again how important that is. And you know, I've been in the water as well. I I, I get in the water every once in a while in the ocean here in San Diego, and that's that's my time to, to do it as well. And I meditate at home. And different people have different ways of doing that. Some people hike it and whatnot. But um, back to your cocktail, and I know <laughs> that that has a little bit to do with your history because you used to you used to bartend which is kinda cool, Um, (laughs) but the cocktail that you made, which was a quarter learning, half action, and a quarter reflection. I wanna speak to the podcast listeners out there who are listening to this and like, well, here's the reason why I'm learning so much because I drive to and from work every day. I have more time to learn Mm. and less time to take action, so I, I can't make that cocktail. How, in that scenario, with so much time to learn yeah. and, and I know you can get overwhelmed from learning so much too, which is a part of the problem, but how would you recommend a person take action when it is actually, they, they only have more time to learn and, and, and very little
0: time to take action? Well, first off, kudos to anybody who's using that time where they can't be in action to be learning because that's actually, people ask me all the time, like even close friends and they're like, How are you reading like so much? And how are you going through so much? I'm like, because I choose to do it in the times where <laughs> I wouldn't be working anyways. Like on a drive, on the plane, like all these other opportunities that we have. So uh I would absolutely say keep doing that. And it's not about getting this that formula right. It's but it is about having that distinction of action is required and the right action is required. And so If you can't take as much action because of your current circumstances like a job and a commute and stuff, that's absolutely fine right now. However, when you know which times you can work, like, well, I get off of work at this time and I have these hours of the day. Now you've got no excuse but to be doing anything but being in action. And this is where to answer the the other part of your question uh, before is like, how do you get your students into action? One of the pieces is, um, you know, is through power of coaching and coaching and content coaching and teaching are very different very different and I can go into those distinctions but one of the things that we teach people that changed my life um, will change anybody's life here guaranteed if you adopt this which um, and there was this whole study done on this and you can look this up it's by a professor uh, I believe it's a Harvard business professor Dr. Steven Jensen who did this entire study On self-integrity and he said companies that adopted self-integrity as their number one core value which we have in our company saw anywhere from a 200 to 400 percent increase in output without any additional increase of input in other words they just became more effective and productive and integrity is not a conversation here of morality like what is right and what is wrong and what is just it's a matter of being your word I think it was uh, Don Miguel Ruiz, right who wrote um, the Four Agreements: Be impeccable with your word. Do what you say you're going to do or do not say it. Mm. And when you realize like you are your word and you honor your word and you do what you say no matter what, then what you what simultaneously gets created is commitment. So uh, integrity and commitment, these are ways of being. These aren't things you learn in a book or a course. These are things that we already know. You already know when you're being in integrity. You already know when you are being committed to something. For example, Pat, you have two kids, right? Two kids, yes. Now, heaven forbid, I have to paint a dark scenario here for just a moment, but like, if there was an economic collapse, if there was a natural disaster, if something horrible happened, is it not true that you would do whatever it takes to make sure that your entire family and your kids were safe. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. That is commitment. And and people toss this word around. Oh, I'm committed, Pat. I'll tell you, I'm committed. (laughs) Like, committed is not when I feel like it and when it's convenient and when it's not scary. Commitment is whatever it takes. And so when we can start to Create these distinctions for ourselves and operate this way, we're going to start to get in action because we are being our word, we're being in integrity, and we're committed to doing what we said we're going to do. We're committed to the outcome. And so, if you're sitting there going, Look, I only have two hours a day, fantastic. I love that because we all know examples, and I'm sure you've shared plenty on your podcast of people that have been able to start something, grow something when they had maybe even less than two hours a day. Mm-hmm. I know a fantastic example of an individual is was on my podcast, and I'm sure you know him, I don't know if he was on your podcast, but Jason Brown built a half a million dollar a year business while still having a full-time corporate job. Not yes. like he's working at Subway or something, and it was like really easy, he was like, no, he was like a high-level manager at, at, a, at a big company, and was able to build a half a million dollar business on the side. And so to be able to say, you know, these are the two hours I can work today and be absolutely committed and in integrity with yourself is, is key because in a job, it's easy because you have someone managing you. But what entrepreneurs find out really quickly is when you're working for yourself, like there's no one there to manage you. There's, there's no one there holding you accountable. And uh, for a lot of people, that's, that's new. That's scary. That's I've never felt that before. Integrity becomes key. Because you need to, you need to be your word. You need to, you need to do what you say you're going to do, uh, or, or don't say it.
1: Right. So. Know, another word that pops into mind is just discipline. Having the discipline to honor what you say you're going to do. To if you put it in the schedule to do it when it's going to be in that hour of the day. But it's easier said than done. It's easier to yeah. say I'm going to yeah. commit to something and then actually commit to it. How does one live with integrity? how, how like, what can you do to be? honor those things that you say you're going to do when it's just so easy to not do those things and put those off and obviously there's so many things working like trying to stop us from procrastination to our our, you know external factors but I mean above all else like how can we remain in in, uh, how can we remain with integrity as we are doing the work
0: yeah no good question well first of all you're absolutely right easier said than done um that's the thing is like It's our job, like it's Pat's job, it's my job, it's our role to make things simple for you. Integrity is a simple concept. It's very simple, but it's not gonna be easy. And um, it's it's gonna be tough. Now I believe if you're listening here, you're tougher, right? You didn't sign up for easy. You didn't didn't sign up for a little like preschool patty cake hour. Like (laughs) entrepreneurship, not everyone's cut out for it, you know, but you're listening. You're here. Like you're here for a reason. It's, it's time to wake up to that. Like I, I remember when I started going, something's wrong with me. I, I don't want to be like everybody else. Like I don't want to just get a job. And I started listening to podcasts and reading books and going to conferences. And then I started confirming, like, oh, there's a whole nother world of people that opted out of that. And and it is tougher in a lot of ways. It's it's easy to not be in integrity. It's easy, but we do it and we do it all the time, right? Like, you know, the times when you are you bump into a friend on the street and you're like, yeah, I'll call you next week and we don't call them, right? Yep. Or when you say, I'll meet you at lunch at 12 and you show up at 12, to, even this call, I was three minutes late to the podcast. Now- You were installing Skype though. No, 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 no. Don't get me off the hook, darn it. <laughs> now, what happened is, is so the, the part of the piece of this is honoring your words. So as soon as though I got on one minute before and I was like, oh yeah, I'm just like, pop the link, we should be, no no problem. And I was like, oh crap, I'm on my computer, I don't have Skype. And so the first thing I did was I, was I texted Pat to be like, I'm gonna be late, I'm so sorry, and uh, I didn't download Skype, and I, I'm gonna be here at, you know, 303, right? So I honored my word by communicating when I wasn't able to hold it. And the thing is, is you're either doing that or you're not. This is either something you're choosing to make a discipline, you're choosing to make a priority, or you're not. And I, and there's, there's just no other way around it. You're either being integrity, you're being, either being self integrity, uh, self integrous, or you're not. And um, to even again, like awareness and distinction is just so, such a vital piece of this. To begin even just for the next couple of days, be, become aware of what you're giving your word to, who you're giving your word to and what you're saying, and making a concerted effort to follow through on that. It's, um, I, I heard this from, uh, Werner Earhart and he said in living in integrity is like climbing a mountain without a top and wow, that's Mm -hmm. what it is. Like it's something that you'll never get, you'll never get it perfect. We are humans and we, you know, like we're always going to fall short in some way, but it's not about that. It's, it's about making this as a value, something that's important to you in your life because, the fact of the matter is, is as an entrepreneur, there is no one managing you. Like the buck stops here, and if we don't make our word golden, then you know, think about the ripple effect too. Even when we say we're going to go um, create a new goal, like I'm going to go, I'm going to go uh, write a book, or I'm going to go make it a bestseller. It's like, well, if you say you're going to call your friend back, or go to lunch with them, or be here at twelve, and you're not doing that. Are you even going to buy the, go make the book? Are you even going to get it on the bestseller list? Like it, Your word becomes nothing. So to me, what really motivated me to make this a priority was realizing that when I can trust myself, when I honor what I say, what comes out my mouth, I know that whenever, whatever I put my word on is going to happen. And that's that's empowering. That's what I'm saying. For those who adopt this, it will change your life because, you know, when you say, I'll see you tomorrow at 10 and you see him at 10, you say, I'll be on the call at three and you're on the call at three. And then you say, I'm going to go write that bestseller. You write that frickin bestseller. And it's like, if that's not motivating you, if that doesn't make being in integrity a little bit easier for you, then I don't know. what. will. Does that make sense? Yeah.
1: And, you know, practice integrity, like just just start and be conscious about it and Yes, you're not going to be perfect all the time, but no. I think that those little commitments add up to big commitments, add up yes. to big
0: results. Oh, so much. So much. And again, the shadow side of this is then we shame ourselves. And please do not do that. You're you're a human being. I'm a huge fan of uh, self-love and compassion for yourself, for forgiveness. It's transformative. And uh, if you're just sitting here beating yourself up because... You're late or you forgot to I forget stuff all the time. The amount of stuff that comes across my desk that goes through my mind and everything, like I can't, I I I can't retain it all. So like if you're not forgiving yourself, there's no amount of beating yourself up and self loathing that's ever gonna give you the business you want.
1: Ever. Right. But yeah. I mean you can't go you can't go back in time and change things, but you can change how you behave from this point forward. Always.
0: Yeah. Always.
1: I like just keep dropping the Back to the Future references uh, (laughs) in there. Um, I love it. How do you know what to take action on? If you're learning all this stuff, great. Good stuff. I want to do that. No, I want to do this. Okay, now I want to do that. How how would you recommend a person who is Mm -hmm. overwhelmed with all the options? How do you you help them pick one and go?
0: Mm, Okay, so here's the thing. So first of all, uh, the, when I heard the quote Stephen Covey said, uh, begin with the end in mind, that really that really changed everything. So we don't want to go back in time to the past in our time machine. You actually, and I actually do this. I take my students and we do this and I put them in a DeLorean in their mind. Love it. And we go out to the future. I'm not even joking with you, Pat. This is a dead serious. I literally have a process where I take people out into the future uh, to the place where their goal has already accomplished. And, um, and every... Every great project that was like brand new that no one knew what they were doing, chances are the majority of their thinking was starting at the finish line and working backwards. And why that's so important to do is you start to realize that there's a lot of stuff that you don't really need to be doing. A lot of things that at the starting line of, you know, let's say you look 90 days out at a project you're working on aren't really the things that make the difference that make the difference. And a lot of things you can actually say no to. And so we have a distinction that we created inside my program that we call the 5% rule. And the 5% rule is basically the Pareto principle on steroids, which says that there's, in a a business for entrepreneurs, and I'd love what your experience has been in this, is that there's really only 5% activities in the business that are directly responsible for 95% of the results that you want. I'm curious for you, has that that been similar? And please
1: don't just- Yeah, I mean, it's very close. I mean, I I would say it's like, Ten ninety, ten ninety. But yeah. yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. And so I I say I I create this distinction of two zones. There's what we're familiar with, what we call the comfort zone. Right. Now the comfort zone is a very interesting concept because a lot of the things that people are working on are in their comfort zone, but they're not very comforting. Like it can be very uncomfortable to uh be working a 14 hour day in your in your business. Like that's not comforting in the normal sense of things but it's comforting in the sense that it protects you it, it's not exposing you to ridicule rejection and uh you know all that uh criticism all that you know other humanoids judging you all that type of stuff right so it's all the stuff that's pretty safe and that's where these this 90 percent, who 95 percent of those action items live and then there's what i call the genius zone And the genius zone is where you're meant to be anyways. The genius zone is where you're like, you know, I want to start a business. I I have this like desire, there's something pulling me towards it. And even when you start to envision it, when you start to get all that passion and enthusiasm and like, I just got to get going, what you're focusing your mind on are not all the things like, I can't wait to write my own policy page and link up my... My landing pages so that they automate with my autoresponder so I can blah, blah, blah. No, that's not the <laughs> stuff you're thinking about that gets you excited because that's all in the comfort zone anyway. So, the things that are actually lighting you up and fueling that fire, which is where your, all your energy comes from, anyways, are the things that are in your genius zone. But the genius zone lives outside of your comfort zone. And so, every moment, I like to tell people you have a choice. Every moment when you open up that laptop or you go to work, you're either choosing, Am I going to operate in the comfort zone and stay safe? and and um you know look at what's familiar that's what people want they want to stay with what's familiar or you can operate from your genius zone the genius zone is where that where you are in your flow you're operating from what you are here to do and uh, and that's obviously where the income and impact is going to come from so the shortest answer at the end of the day to your question pat is the thing that scares you the most is the thing you do and it's the thing you do first because that's the thing that's going to be outside the comfort zone. The thing that scares the crap out of you. And, you know, we've heard it before. And here's where I, you know, because I'm like, I didn't invent that. Yeah, you know, I've heard people say things before. Follow your fear. When you, when you feel that fear, that means you must. So all I'm here to add to the conversation is somebody who listened to that long ago, who finally stopped being such a little coward that I was. I was so scared. I was so scared of, I needed everybody to like me. I hope Pat likes me. I hope everyone else likes me. It was so important to me and that was more important than getting the results. Chances are that's why a lot of people don't have results in their business is because there's something that's more important than those results like their reputation or being liked or looking cool or whatever. Right. So I had to, I had to choose that and, and that was, that was more important for me. So Um, where I offer anything to this conversation, I'm sure people have heard this before, is I just want to scream from the rooftops, I know you've heard it before, but are you living it? Are you operating this way? Because knowing, again, like I said, to bring this full circle, ain't enough. There's a difference between knowing it and living it. And the differences happen. The results appear when you're living it. And that's that's the difference we have to make. We have to start looking, stop looking at all this content as this thing out there that I've just now I've put it all in my brain and now I've got it all. And let's let's spend the rest of our lives acquiring more content. No, let's start performing and being and living in action with what we know and who we know ourselves to be, so we can start taking more of the right actions and get more of the right results.
1: Wow, thank you for that, James. That's 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 huge. Um, I also know that you know for me there's there's a lot of times when i know i have to do something and a lot of times we all know we have to do something right like we know we have to go to the gym or we know we have this work to do that's you know scary but not only do we go to what's comforting but we also go to what's easy like oh i could do this big thing and i don't i don't know exactly know how that's going to go so i'm going to go and now go back to my emails and just answer these 20 emails which i mean i do have to answer them so because they're easy i'm just going to get them off my plate first and then i'll have full clarity and time to then work on that thing. But of course that,
0: that never happens. Right. There's always, it's like the um, Odysseus, you know, I'm going to give some like English high school, English literature references here okay. for, for a a Ad, Ad, <laughs> <laughs> the, the Odyssey and Odysseus Homer. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Homer and, and the Odyssey. Remember Odysseus, they, they chained him or whatever, tied him to the mast when the sirens it's, were coming. As the sirens were coming, and like that's all those little assignments, your emails calling your attention, right? Facebook that note ding, that notification, that Instagram is, all these things are constantly going to be calling your attention. They'll never go away. They're lying to you. That oh, just take care of me, and then you'll you'll finally be all caught up. Nope. In 11 years, I was telling this to somebody recently. I was like, in 11 years, because I love running from to-do lists and stuff. It's just very simple for me. I just write it down. And Mm -hmm. uh, in 11 years, I've never completed a to-do list. There's there's always something remaining on the to-do list. I don't think the, the goal is to get it done. I think the goal is constantly reprioritizing, constantly developing, like you said, that discipline of here's the time that I have right now in this moment. What is the most important thing right now in this moment for me to work on? not what's just next on the to-do list or what's conveniently right in front of me. That does take discipline, absolutely. And you'll develop that discipline one of two ways, either by just choosing to be more disciplined or the years of pain of getting no results from being undisciplined will one day motivate you enough to change. And I hope you, will, you won't because I remember just being busy for years, just just staying busy and uh, you know, didn't didn't really get me anywhere.
1: Mm-hmm. And we've only got one life to live, so we wanna make sure we use that time wisely, that's for sure, but uh, wow, James, so uh, this has been amazing, and I think that a lot of people are gonna be very inspired by this, and hopefully have a lot of takeaways as well to start implementing so they can actually start implementing instead of just learning all this time. And the final thing I wanna talk about is is getting help, meaning coaches, uh, you have gotten coaching yourself, You you know teach others how to be coaches as well i'd love to help uh the audience by having you describe what a great relationship might be between a coach and 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 uh a, and, a, and a you know mentee if you will yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah how how does that how do we like what makes a great coach is, is great. basically Fantastic. what i'm
0: asking i think what will really help with this first and foremost is um I think that's a beautiful question, um, is number one, making sure that everyone here knows that there's a difference between a teacher and a coach. A teacher is someone that transfers knowledge from their mind to yours, right? Like I'm going to teach you math, you know, I'm going to transfer this knowledge to you. And and what I tell my students today is like, get all the courses you can, because that's going to be really easy to transfer that knowledge. You know, you do it at your own pace. It's going to probably be the cheapest, cheapest method to do it. And that's why we love courses. I really feel like I'm Neo in the matrix where I'm just like, whoa, I know Instagram now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I know podcasting, thanks Pat. Like, I just, I'm like, I feel like I'm cheating. I really do in, a, in the most ethical, moral way. I'm just like, Pat gets to spend a decade doing podcasts and then I spend a couple hours and I know what he knows. Like, whoa, I know Kung Fu. Yeah. You know, that's just, that's powerful. But uh, there's a difference between a teacher and a coach. Okay, and you can actually have someone coach you on you getting your podcast out who doesn't have a podcast. What? Yes, actually you can have a coach that knows nothing about the content that you're trying to implement and still coach you. So a coach's role, a great definition that I love, is a coach's role is simply about being someone that helps you, this is Cooper Gooding Jr., help you help yourself. They're there to help you help yourself. So. As we go forth, and we know that what we're up to is getting specific results. So if you if you just you know got um, your podcasting course, if someone here gets uh, you know goes through the the entire program and they're like, okay, cool, I've learned all this stuff about podcasting. Well, now they know that they want to get some results like downloads, listeners, reviews. Right? These are specific results in the context of podcasting. We know based on listening to this episode, and it was already very common sense. It's like, well, we're going to have to take some actions, but it doesn't always go according to plan where it's like, well, you know, Pat laid it out in seven steps, like seven major steps. I'm just going to start doing this. All of a sudden you find yourself doing the things like you were describing earlier, right? You're like, why am I always checking my email? Why am I always not getting to this? Why am I not even getting started? What's, what's going on here? And what we always find out, and this is just so important for us to become aware of these things, to you know know thyself is like the best advice, because you become self-aware of how we're getting our own way. We always have constraints and these self-imposed limitations, these stories we begin to tell ourselves of why the timing isn't just right, why not now, why I can't, why it's not possible, why it's not realistic. For example, here's a great one. How many times... I'm talking to somebody listening right now, and I know you're going to know this is going to hit you, where you've been learning how to podcast, for example, and you're like, wouldn't it be great if I had such and such person on my podcast? And then as soon as you had the idea, a thought popped into your head, oh, no, they they would never say yes. How many times have you even caught yourself doing that? Oh, no, 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 they're too busy, or who am I to have this person? They wouldn't even give me the time of day. This is how we're operating all day long. We're talking ourselves out of our dreams. We're telling ourselves stories that aren't real. And ultimately what it comes down to are our beliefs. That was a great definition of beliefs that I love. A belief is simply a thought that you continue to think. But to take that further, it's a thought you continue to think, usually at the subconscious level. It's It's not even, it's not even consciously thought about anymore. And a belief is not, Truth, it's only a perceived truth. So for example, if I sit there or someone here listening says, yeah, I was gonna ask James to come on my podcast, but you know, he'd he'd probably say no. He's gonna say no. That's already you operating from a belief because you don't have, unfortunately, like Pat or I, a time machine. So how do you know he's gonna say no? How do you know? You've already decided in your mind, nope, not gonna work, not gonna happen, not, not the right time. I'm not far enough along. I'm not ready. And we are projecting all of these out into our world. And the thing is, is the way the brain works is your brain matches your life, the world outside of you, what you see and call reality. It's creating a version of reality that is simply matching the beliefs that you already hold to be true in your mind. So anybody who wants to ask me, James, I know I have some limiting beliefs because I don't have the results I want in my life. What are they? The answer is open your eyes and look at what you see, because what you see and this is I mean, this is where it really I mean, this is like Neo going down the rabbit hole. What you see in the world around you is simply the reflection of the beliefs you have. And that's a really crazy, crazy thing. So um, this is why people say things you want to change their life, You you change your life, you change your beliefs, you change the way you think about things and the things you think about change, right? Wayne Dyer. And that's because your brain is simply matching the world around you to match your existing beliefs. Your beliefs act as a filter to experience the world. So you sit here walking around saying, you know, I, I'm just starting out. I'm a newbie. No one would want me on their podcast or no one would want to come on my podcast. Guess what? All you're going to get is no big names coming on your podcast. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, see, because the ego then can't be wrong. So the, belie- the beliefs have to be right. So, so the world then has to match the belief. And so unless we start changing the way we're thinking, you know, the things ain't going to change. And that's what Einstein said. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again. Well, thinking the same belief over and over again and expecting the, the reality outside to change is pretty insane as well. That's what a coach can do. That's what I think a great coach can do. Is they shift your perspective. I like to say how you see business, like your perspective of business, how you see business will determine what is possible for you. So, a great coach has a, a masterful ability to be able to shift your perspective, to shift the way you are seeing the world. Because when you shift the way you see the world, what you're really doing is shifting their beliefs. You shift their beliefs, you change the world. And that's why coaches are needed. That's why coaching is so important. This is why. We lean so heavily into coaching because we are entering a phase right now. If we haven't already been in, it, it's, it's definitely here. To it's, it's me, it's like an epidemic at this point mm-hmm. where people are over friggin' whelmed. They are over consumed, like obese with content and they don't know what to do with it. And here's where it gets scary to me is they're still believing that they don't know enough, that there's still more to learn that there's more dots to connect and pieces to put together and they're not even taking action on what they do know and so um without that coaching piece i think people just kind of go on this endless journey of learning 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 without the implementing i don't know if that was an answer that was sh- too long again
1: but. no dude this is perfect you know you you're making my job easy cuz you're saying all the right things and i don't have to follow up cuz you're already answering follow up questions that i that i had so thank you for for that you know, I think that the key indicator for a great coach is somebody who just doesn't tell you what to do. Do this, go do this, go do that. It's somebody who will, in some sort of magical kind of way, just ask you questions that will get you, like you said, to see the world a little bit differently yes. and to then be able to go, oh, like, hey, I think I should do that. And that's really what they wanted you to do in the first place, but they've just asked you the right question so you come up with the answer. And I just love that sort of like inception style of, of of coaching and I, that that's something I try to practice when I coach others too and you know would you say that's a that's a key indicator like more questions than, than telling and are there, are there any other
0: sort No of- 100% 100% I can I can talk about some of the qualities of it but absolutely one of the worst things you can do as a coach is give advice. Um, the only advice I will give here and this is advice that I think is universal and applies to everybody and the advice is is that listen to your gut. Listen to your intuition. Listen to your own internal advice because you are, at the end of the day, uh, the only one that knows what's best for you. Like for example, how many, how many times have you had listeners that you meet up in person with at one of your events or something like that, and they're stuck with their niche? Like, which niche, who should I serve? Right. And how could you ever tell them who they're here to serve? Like, you can't tell somebody what their purpose is. <laughs> you can't tell them what they're here to do. That's for us to discover. That's for us to uncover and no one else knows that. So a sign of a bad coach would be just an advice giver like they know best. And the thing is, is no one knows better than you do. And so a coach, a great coach knows that A great coach knows that you already have the answers inside and their job is to help you unlock it. And that I mean, that's a sign of a great coach. And yes, the access to everything is through questions, everything it's. You you change your life when you change the quality of questions you ask. And here's why. Because, like I said, your reality, the world around you is a reflection of the beliefs that you hold um, and usually happen at a subconscious level. But your subconscious mind, it has to answer a question. If you ask it a question, it has to go to work in answering it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you can just notice it when someone asks you a great question. Like, you know, the mind starts to go there. And so the type of questions that we tend to ask ourselves is like, why does this always happen to me? Why do I never hit my goals, right? So that's the type of questions that the subconscious mind has to tell, well, because you're stupid. <laughs> you know, like, well, because your teacher said you're dumb in third grade, right? So you're always going to have an answer even if it's a crappy question. But if you train yourself I mean, man, that's a great skill. Well, that's what a coach will do is just at, that. Like ultimately, a coach is just there to ask you a better question than you've been choosing to ask yourself. Mm. But you could do this yourself at any moment. You could start to say, "What is it that I need to learn about this? What is it that I haven't chosen to see here? What could I do differently? What's another way in which I could do this?" You know, not questions about why, 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 why. Who cares about why? Because that's in the past and you don't have your DeLorean. So you can't go back and change the past anyways. We're talking about the future. What can I do differently next time? What can I learn from this? Where's the opportunity in this? Those are all beautiful questions that move you towards your outcome anyways. Yeah. I mean, I I experienced
1: especially that last question. What's the where's the opportunity here? Mm -hmm. You know, I uh, my video studio was recently broken into and That didn't feel good because all of my camera equipment was stolen and all that stuff. And, you know, I went through a little period of just frustration and and anger. And, um, you know, everybody saw it on my YouTube channel and I shared the security camera footage and everybody saw how upset I got. But I then started to think okay, well, where is there opportunity here? You know, how can I learn from this? Obviously, let's get better security. But was there anything else? And eventually, this led to me forming a partnership with WeWork to work out of a WeWork here in San Diego. And, do some fun things uh, in partnership with them, which would have never happened. And so I look back and very similar to my layoff, it's like, Hey, blessing in disguise. And it's because I started to ask myself like legit questions where there was a action based answer, right. Versus these, these other questions that we tend to ask ourselves, like you said, like the, why this, or how come that happened to me? It's like, you may never find the real answer. And does that even matter? Um, It doesn't change the future. It, it just, you know, reinforces how you feel about yourself. And, so I think that's just, just 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 like keynote advice right there. I'm I'm very thankful that you you brought that up. And dude, we could talk about this kind of stuff for <laughs> hours, I'm sure. Yeah. And so I just want to respect your time and, and 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 you know get everybody taking action. So let's let's take some action after Right.
0: This. Yeah. Stop you, learning. Yeah.
1: You know what I mean? <laughs> now obviously we want people to go and check out your podcast because you talk about this kind of stuff all the time. So mind your business podcast. Where else can people go and, and check you out?
0: Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm really loving. And you mentioned it already was Instagram. So, uh, by the way, we just got verified on there. Congrats, man, dude! That's like a big deal. Blue check mark. I know. I was like, why am I making these stupid little things a big deal? But I felt, I felt we that happened today. I feel, I feel really proud of that. That's really exciting. <laughs> Someone on my team just took an initiative, They're like, hey, what? Oh, nice. One of these things, and they went and did that. So we're we're really loving Instagram a lot. Uh, a lot, a lot, like I do a lot of stories and lives on there and posts every day. And so so, at James Wedmore. Yeah, it's just my name, James Wedmore. And so cool. I come DM me there. Like I, I love talking to people in the DMs. Um, <laughs> probably should be doing more productive things in my day, but I really enjoy talking to our people and our listeners and, and hearing what you're learning and stuff like that. So it really helps me.
1: Cool. James, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it. And looking forward to uh, to more time together.
0: Yeah, thanks, Pat. Thanks, thanks
1: everyone, for listening. All right, I hope you enjoyed that interview with James Wedmore. Again, you can find him one more time at the Mind Your Business podcast. You're already listening to a podcast. You can go and subscribe to him right now, and I'd highly recommend doing that. I also recommend you check out his website and all the other things you, uh, that he has going on there, too. If you are listening to this episode coming from James's audience, thank you so much for listening in. I know you all love James so much, and I'm happy that you're here on this show listening in and if uh, you haven't yet subscribed to the show please do that just hit subscribe right now because we have a lot of great content coming your way and just for all the reviews and the 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 amazing things that you all have been saying about the show lately especially because i've been really learning about how to step up my interviews and ask better questions and and you've you've all been sharing with me some really positive feedback about just the progression that i'm making as a host here i'm here to serve you and the more Positive reinforcement I can have, the better. The more constructive criticism I can have, the better. And um, I'm always open to it. So if you want to give me a shout out or a recommendation at Pat Flynn on Twitter or Instagram, it would be a huge, huge help. And I appreciate you all for the amazing support. And of course, for the amazing support for my upcoming book, Superfans, which is coming out very soon. August 13th is the launch date. However, a special thing that I have for you is if you pre-order the book before the launch date, August 13th, you'll actually, during launch week, get the audiobook for free. So that's a free bonus. If you pre-order the book, you go to Amazon right now, smartpassiveincome.com slash superfansbook. smartpassiveincome.com slash superfansbook and uh, just go there, pre-order either the Kindle or the physical version. We are working really hard on designing it very well, so the hardcover may be a good uh, option for you as well. But the Kindle one, either one, whatever you prefer to read. When you go to smartpassiveincome.com slash superfansbook. If it's uh, during the pre-order process, you'll be landing on a page that'll give you some more information on how to redeem that bonus audio book and another bonus that goes along with that too and when that's all happening. So again, smartpassiveincome.com slash superfansbook. And I'm re- just really excited for everybody to read it. I'm so stoked that many of you have already pre-ordered it and have supported it. And again, one more time, smartpassiveincome.com slash superfansbook. If you're listening to this after the launch, uh, just that will redirect you to where you need to go as well. So thank you all so much. I appreciate you. And hey, until the next episode, make sure you hit subscribe if you haven't already. Keep crushing it. And remember, it's not just about working hard. It's about working smart on the right things. And it's all about the mindset too, just like we talked about with James today. Uh, cheers, thanks so much, and Team Flynn for the win. Hey, before I let you go, have you listened to episode 364 yet? That's an episode with Tim from Ahrefs. And Ahrefs, spelled A H R E F S, is a tool that I've been using nearly every day now when it comes to my traffic and competition research, keyword research. You know, there's a lot of tools out there related to those kinds of things, and I've been digging into Ahrefs all the time. And Glenn Alsop uh, recommended it to me, and when Tim and I connected and I brought him the show, it's just... The SPI audience, Team Flynn, has stepped up to say, Wow, thank you so much for introducing this tool to me. It's been so helpful, especially for those of you who want to dig a little bit deeper into keyword research for what blog posts to write about, what to title your stuff, how to uh, stand out and, and and outperform the competition when it comes to backlinks and, and those kinds of uh, sort of higher level research things. And even if you're a beginner, checking it out could be worth your time. They have a seven day uh, trial for seven dollars however you can win a year-long subscription to ahrefs simply by doing the following on twitter just an at reply to both me at pat flynn and ahrefs at ahrefs with just a quick message on why you might use this tool how you might use this tool for your benefit and within a month. We're gonna pick a uh, random person who tags both of us, at Pat Flynn, at Ahrefs, and you'll get a year subscription to this amazing tool that, again, I use almost every single day now, especially when I've been working with my team to consider, okay, well, what blog post do we write about? Okay, fine. What do we title it? What keywords do we target? All those kinds of things. And this is a tool that's used by I mean, Netflix, Uber, eBay, Shopify, TripAdvisor, Facebook even uses it, and uh, I definitely use it too, and a lot of SPI audience members use it as well. So Team Flynn, if you wanna get that, at Pat Flynn and at A-H-R-E-F-S on a Twitter message, just tell us how you're gonna use this thing, and uh, to check them out, just ahrefs.com. There you go. And a big thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this episode. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com.